0: You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition.
1: Simply put, if you'll be like your father, you'll disciple others. You'll be a father figure to them. You won't be so impatient with them that you rush them on because you've got more important things to do. When God sends someone into your life, you realize that you're on a kingdom assignment to represent your Father well. And you can't just rush people off and just be rude and ugly and arrogant and inconsiderate. You've got to love people because the Father loves people. And if you love people not, then you don't know the love of God.
0: During His ministry, Jesus said that He doesn't act out of His own authority, He does what the Father tells Him. Pastor Gary shows us how, in this way, Jesus demonstrated the essence of discipleship. Jesus followed His Father, and we in turn follow Jesus. Our authority comes from Jesus, and we are to behave in the same way that He did. Jesus and the Father also sent us the Holy Spirit who guides us and empowers us to live like Jesus did. And if Jesus loved those he encountered, we should do the same. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Genesis chapter 1 as he continues his message, Discipleship, a family matter. Not
1: everybody that claims to love Jesus even knows Jesus. And there's a big difference between having A membership with a religious association versus a relationship with God, your heavenly Father. Many today are not even in church because of church hurt. Some religious organization with mean-spirited men who misrepresented the heart and mind of God damaged someone emotionally to the extent that they will never cross the threshold of another church door because they have the disillusionment that church equals God and they are not the same. My prayer for you and I as members of this assembly is that we would never misrepresent the heart of a heavenly father who means you nothing but goodwill. You say, preacher, how do you know that God means nothing but goodwill? Well, what did the introductory to Jesus say when the angels introduced Jesus when he came into Bethlehem as a babe? They said, peace, goodwill, toward men amen Jesus Christ came to bring good news that fallen man and all of his sin can in fact be forgiven and restored back to family fellowship with God his creator in a relationship with Jesus Christ that we can enter into the holy of holies, the purest spot that God exists, amen, Uh, that we can enter there boldly because having received forgiveness of sin and being washed in the blood, we are now made presentable to our Father, and God would have it no other way. He wants you to come one, come all, to the foot of the cross where you can find mercy and grace and forgiveness and strength and help and healing and anything that you might need as a human being on this planet. Somebody say amen discipleship is a family matter and it starts with the father. In fact, I dare say fatherhood equals discipleship. Now follow me. If we have failed at discipleship, I believe it is because we have failed at fatherhood. Because we have turned church into religious machinery rather than a relationship with a loving father. Can I get an amen? And if we are to ever expect the next generation to l- fall in love head over heels with Jesus and carry the torch of the gospel to, de- to the generations ahead of us and beyond us, then we are going to have to get them hooked up with the heart of the Father and not with religious machinery made by men which crush people beneath their feet. Can I get another amen? Amen. Discipleship begins with a father's heart, a fatherly love and quickly I need to point out three things and I may have to skip a lot of passages I'll try to hit the high points but number one I want you to see what God the Father does if you just listen I'm going to read three verses out of the book of James chapter 1 and verses 16 through 18 he said to us do not err my beloved brethren okay you got that don't do wrong Simple. Let's carry on. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He is so full of light that no matter which way he turns, he does not even cast a shadow because he is the light. He's the Father of lights. And what did it say? Any any good and perfect gift comes from Him. If there's anything in your life that you would call good or perfect, and it in fact is good or perfect, then it has come from the Father. Don't let the devil lie to you and try to tell you that heathen folk have been better to you than God has. They may treat you better than some church folk that don't know the heart of God, but they can't beat the heart of a loving Father. Amen? Amen. I get the dynamic. I understand. I have been a victim of religious machinery myself. I've been mistreated in so many ways that I could depress you in three minutes flat. But I'm not going to do that because I've learned the difference between men and the Father. And I've learned that most men, because of their ill will and misguided notions, misrepresent the heart of of our heavenly Father. And you need to know that every good and perfect gift is from him. And then it says this, Of His own will begat He us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first firstfruits of His creatures. There's that word firstfruits. What did He tell Adam and Eve to do? Be fruitful and multiply. Now he has created a people through the shed blood of Christ, who are who he is calling firstfruits. These people are also to be productive in the family of God. These people are also to multiply and replenish the earth with the good news of Jesus Christ. But there's a deeper meaning with this word first fruits. The first fruit is the fruit or produce first matured and collected in any season. And listen, of these the Jews made an oblation or an offering to God as an acknowledgement of his sovereign dominion. So if we are his first fruits we are also owned by him we are his offering we are to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God. Simply put God created you for himself not for you or anybody else. Amen. We are and were created the Bible says for him for his glory for his goodness right for his pleasure. Understand this God enjoys fellowship with his creation but he had to fix it because fellowship was broken now follow me we see what the father does in this text is that he is making disciples of us so that we as his first fruit can bear fruit for him and on his behalf and continue the generations of jesus christ to the ends of the earth with the hope of the gospel all right so we see what God the Father does. But now let's look at John chapter 14. And I want to show you what God the Son does. We know what the Father's doing. He has started the family of God. We sing the song sometimes, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Amen. I remember on September the 9th of 1990 when I was born again. Amen. I was washed in the blood of Jesus. As an 11-year-old boy, I gave my heart and life to Christ that day. And I was spiritually born into the family of God. And so ever since, though I've not been perfect, I have sought to serve my father and to please my father. Though many times I have failed, I have never been kicked out of the family and I've always been nourished back to health when I've done wrong or disciplined back to health. Amen, church. So we know that the father is making disciples of us what is Jesus doing we begin reading John 14 verse 6 Jesus says unto him I am the way the truth and the life no man cometh unto who the father but by me so where's the destination that we are headed to the father but Jesus is the door God the father is offered up God the Son as a sacrifice so that he could have many sons of God through faith in his name and that through Christ a doorway would be made back to where the Father's house is. If you read John chapter 14 and study it very carefully, when Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also... If you study it very carefully, you will discover that it's more than heaven and it's better than heaven. It's not talking about when we get to heaven. It's talking about enjoying the presence of the Father that we could not enjoy before we were washed in the blood of Christ. And guess what? You don't have to wait till you get to heaven to enjoy the presence of your Father. You can enter into that relationship with him today and God the son. Let's see what he's doing now. We're establishing truth here. Skip to verse 10 of John 14. He said, believest thou not that I am in the father and the father in me? He said, the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the who the father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Jesus said in verse 7, if you had known me, you should have known my Father also. What Jesus is essentially saying is uh, you don't need to uh, make too much of a distinction between the heart of God the Father and the heart of God the Son. Actually, you don't need to make any distinction because they're both the same. Jesus simply came to this earth and Jesus is our hero. Jesus is the one that died on the cross for us. Uh, Oh, and we love Jesus, but Jesus saying, if you've seen me, if you've known me, you've seen the Father, you've known the Father, I'm just doing what he sent me to do. I'm just saying what he sent me to say and you need not fear the Father that caused the mountain to tremble at Mount Ararat, I think it was or whichever mountain it was that the Ten Commandments were given. And if you remember the people were afraid to even approach the mountain where Moses went and met with God because smoke was ascending up and it was an earthquake and when God spoke it was like thunder and they feared the presence of the father many today who are of a religious spirit but don't understand the heart of the father and the doorway to the father through Jesus still fear the heavenly father but love Jesus but they're both the same part are you hearing what I'm saying God's saying, I want you to come back home. Yeah. When we have our family reunions, it's often that many families congregate around the father figure. Amen. When I go home to North Carolina, if I don't go to my daddy's house, it's only because my family's outgrown his living quarters. Amen. <laughs> but we try our best to visit with them as often and as, as As long as we can. There's something about the presence of daddy. Do you remember when the prodigal son came to himself? He was in a far country and then it dawned on him all. And he said, wait a minute. What am I doing feeding with the hogs? What am I doing eating all this junk? When I could be back at home, uh, he said, daddy's slaves eat better than I do right now. And he's got bread enough in despair. He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll go back to my daddy's house. Amen. And you know what God's trying to do? He's trying to teach you how loving he is and how patient he is and how he wants to have a real-time relationship with you. You know, the, the old songwriter wrote a song that we enjoy singing. I hadn't heard it in a while. And he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. Y'all remember that? And the joys we share as we tarry there. None other, come on, none other has ever known. And if you know him like that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't know him like that, you don't have a clue. But I can tell you, you can know him today. Now, so what was Jesus doing? Jesus was representing the heart of the Father. He wants a relationship with us so that we can represent Him to others that He wants to redeem by His grace. Now, what about the Holy Spirit? We're still in John 14. Look at verse 12. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, Jesus said, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, Let's stop right there. What works was Jesus doing? His own works or the Father's works? The Father's works. Okay. The works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do. And how's that going to happen? Because I go to my Father. He said, wait till me and Daddy team up side by side on the throne, and things are going to pick up around your house. And what is it? What is the Holy Spirit going to do? Verse 16, I I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. He's going to comfort us, that he may abide with you forever. He's going to live in you and never leave you. All right, verse 18 again, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Verse 20, at that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. So what is the Holy Spirit doing? He is enabling us to be like Jesus. Who was like his father? Do you see how the generational blessing passes on? Simply put, if you'll be like your father, you'll disciple others, you'll be a father figure to them. You won't be so impatient with them that you rush them on because you've got more important things to do. When God sends someone into your life, you realize that you're on a kingdom assignment to represent your Father well, and you can't just rush people off and just be rude and ugly and arrogant and inconsiderate. You've got to love people because the Father loves people. And if you love people not, then you don't know the love of God. The Holy Spirit's going to lead us and guide us in all truth. And he's also going to show us the heart of the Father. He's going to reveal to us how we can live our life as much as humanly possible like Jesus and like the Father. And we have no business treating our family of God or even the lost for that matter any differently than Jesus would have treated them. And (laughs) I might as well say it. I attended a a business meeting last week, maybe a week before, with the Chamber of Commerce down at Fernandez. I joined the Chamber as a way to network to help with my business, to supplement my income. And, well, wouldn't you know it, we got there and they were passing out drinks. And I'm not talking about Coke. They were drinking. They had water for the preacher, though. Thank God they did have an alternative for me. And I wasn't there to social drink. And I don't have any plans of doing that. But I also wasn't there to scorn and scoff and mock. It made me think of the scripture where the scribes and Pharisees criticized Jesus because he ate with publicans and sinners. And the religious folk had a big problem with that. And I thought, my mercy, mercy, somebody's going to have a problem with me being over here with these folk. And wouldn't you know it, they took a picture of him and plastered it all over Facebook. And I was the star photo talking to two other people, one of them with a glass of wine in his hand. Now, if you didn't miss that, you need to dig it up and look at it just for a laugh, if nothing else. You say, did it bother you, preacher? Only just as much as it, probably more so than it should have. But what, what occurred to me was God put me in a position to where I can become an influencer with God's help in people's lives that may never otherwise have a representative of the heart of the Father. So while I may choose a path that gets a lot of scorn from the religious crowd, I would rather please my Father and be like Jesus. And God help me and you pray for your pastor that I will represent the heart of my father well and lead people to Christ as those opportunities present themselves because ultimately it's about leading people to Christ Jesus said I pray not he prayed to the father he said I don't pray that you take them out of the world but I do pray that you deliver them from the evil thereof and that's what we need to pray there's no way that we're going to win the world that we completely disconnect ourselves from we've got to be with them I'm thankful Jesus didn't look down at us and say they're too dirty to mingle with I think I'll keep my distance no but he came to where we were and he reached out and touched us and amen and we need to be willing to reach out and touch the lost and properly represent the heart of the father which would love them to repentance and love them to the family of god what would the holy spirit have us do be a student of jesus and do what jesus did and jesus student of the father and did what his father did it's discipleship you want to know how to teach this next generation to fall in love with jesus And to carry the gospel torch on, well, you represent it yourself. You do it yourself, but you serve with them like a father would. The other night, I was helping one of my sons hang up some curtain rods in one of our bedrooms. we have been living here a year, hadn't put up curtain rods yet. (laughs) And and we said, you know, it's probably about time we do that. And so I was helping one of them learn how to hang up a curtain rod. And, and you know, that that's discipleship 101 right there. They're not going to learn it by watching you from a distance. They're going to learn it by watching you like it's it's... We call it on-the-job training. Amen. Uh, You've got to get out in the field with them, show them how it's done, and then give them kind of like training wheels. Give them a little push, uh, but be right there to catch them if they fall, and work together. And that's how we're going to win this next generation to Christ. That's what Generation Next is all about. It is that the whole family would catch the vision of the importance of father and son, mother and daughter and vice versa to come together at the house of God. Not to send Johnny off to a youth camp and then you go live like the devil and get mad at him when he comes home fi- on fire for God and sheds light on your wicked sin. Amen. Uh, but, but when the family decides together, hey, uh, what's good for one is good for the other. If I expect my children to live right, then I need to live right myself and I need to get right with God. Uh, I need to repent Pen of my dirty rotten sin and I need to apologize to my children for expecting them to do something that I never had no intention of doing myself I'm talking about fatherhood as discipleship but if you have ceased to be the father you're supposed to be you will never win them to Christ the Holy Spirit makes us one with the father and the son and both teaches and enables us to live as Jesus did with the overshadowing presence of his heavenly father John fourteen twenty six said in conclusion, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So if we're going to listen to the Holy Spirit, we're going to have to get in this book. We're going to have to attend a spirit-filled. Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, Bible-practicing church. Somebody say amen. And we're going to have to let the Holy Spirit speak to us through this book and correct us when we're wrong and lead us and guide us from where we're at to where we need to be, step by step, minute by minute, moment by moment. And then we are to transfer that knowledge and information by practice with, not separate from, the next generation. So what, what I would propose as a youth program is let's figure out some things we can do to serve the community together. And let's get about doing it together. And you would be surprised at the conversations that will take place that will turn the hearts of the children to the God of heaven. Because they saw that example in you and I. And they saw that it was genuine. Genuine. And real and authentic. And it wasn't fake and it wasn't a facade. It wasn't a plastic religious face we put on Sunday morning and then abandon at the first light of day Monday morning. God help us to understand that if the household is to be in order, then we're going to have to subscribe to God's plan and purpose for the family. And if the family gets right with God, that can be the saving of society. The reason Satan attacks families is because they are the backbone of a healthy culture and society. You destroy the family unit and you start at the house of God by doing so, then you can win the battle. You can dominate over this earth. But if we would go back to Genesis where he said, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. He gave us the example through his fatherhood. If we'll practice what he preached to us, we can again gain influence and overcome. the world in a way that we never thought was possible because the whole family of God is coming together in unity at the foot of the cross and trusting God to be their guide. And it will make a tremendous difference in this world. God's people can rise up and be sought and light in a crooked and perverse generation. And we need not accept defeat and failure and just throw in the towel, so to speak. Uh, We need to rise up and be counted for. And it needs to start in the family altar, at the home, and in the house of God. And if you're with me, everybody say amen.
0: You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle, If you enjoyed today's message, we invite you to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast app. Be sure to share these with your friends and family, too. This could be a great way to start a conversation about Christ and study the Word together. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like to request prayer, please get in touch with Pastor Gary by emailing contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at Gary C A U D I L L dot com. True North is a ministry of Gary Coddle Ministries. And you can find out more by visiting our website, GaryCoddle.com. Would you like to come worship with Pastor Gary? Simply visit GaryCoddle.com for more details on where he pastors and how you can plan a visit. If you're not in the area, we still encourage you to find a local church body where you can learn from God's Word and spend time with other believers. It will be a place for you to grow in faith, find support, and serve in ways you are uniquely designed to. With that, our time with you has come to a close today. Join Pastor Gary next time for more right here on True North.